You're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number 56. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hi there, I hope you're having a good week. Earlier this summer, I took a cooking workshop. And at some point, our chef mentioned that she has contributed her recipes to a book on cooking with cannabis. I was intrigued and with the recent legalization of this plant was curious to learn more. And in the spirit of full disclosure, you'll recognize that I have little personal experience with the topic. But I've decided to be brave here with the hope that this information will be useful to you. If you have the same curiosity, this episode is for you. My today's guest is Leslie Carrier. I have chatted with Leslie previously on this podcast about her love for vegetarian cooking and spices. She is an international gourmet personal chef, educator, cookbook author, and recipe developer. Leslie specializes in vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free whole foods and organic cuisine. Leslie is a pioneer and national authority on gluten-free cooking and baking, the entire spectrum of whole grains and cooking with wild foods. She teaches private and group classes and lives in New England, running a business that encompasses custom culinary work, food as medicine, and her own organic B&B in Western Massachusetts for her private clients. By the end of this episode, you'll understand the basics of cooking with cannabis and will know where to look for additional resources on this topic. As always, you can find links and additional information in the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 56. Enjoy. Good morning, Leslie. How are you doing? I'm great, Lana. How are you doing? I am very good. Thank you. I'm so excited. Uh, we get to talk again. Um, and uh, this is not the first interview, so I'm absolutely delighted that you're coming back. And we're going to talk about a very interesting topic uh, today. But before we do, I wanted for the sake of our new listeners to ask you to introduce yourself and to tell us a little bit about how you became a chef, what brought you here. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. I am uh, a farm-to-table vegetarian, um, organic gourmet chef. I write cookbooks. I host my own organic B&B. I teach classes privately and groups. I've taught all over the world and trained chefs. I've developed recipes for organic and natural food companies. And, um, and I love to eat. 
That's wonderful. And so you, uh, so you mentioned that you have BNB, and I had a privilege of staying with you uh, earlier this summer. I came for one of your workshops. Really enjoyed it. Uh, came with a friend of mine, and uh, during uh, this workshop in June, we had a conversation, and you showed us uh, one of your books. And this is how the idea for this episode came about. Uh, one of the books that you contributed to is called The Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook. And I wanted to uh, learn uh, a little bit, a lot more from you about <laughs> what inspired you to contribute to this particular book, how did your fascination with this particular plant started, and just a little bit about how you began. <laughs> Um, that's a great question. I'm trying to think how many years it's been that I've been cooking with cannabis. Um, some friends, um, asked me if I would like to contribute to the book. And at first I thought, sure. And then I thought about it again and I thought, well, maybe not put all my recipes mm -hmm. <laughs> in there. But, um, Chris Killen, Killam and Zoe Helene had asked me if I would like to contribute And Robin Griggs Lawrence, who edited the book, had um, been the editor-in-chief for Organic Spa Magazine when they did an article about me um, many years ago. And so I thought, well, this is a great team, very credible, excellent writing. And I said yes. And, um, and it was a pleasure working with Robin. They, they tested all my recipes as well. So that I thought was a really nice thing. To, for instance, like the sweet potato fries, they wrote a funny thing, you know, if you have three, you're fine. If you have five, you, mm -hmm. know, you might not get off the couch, kind of, you know, tongue in cheek and very funny. And I felt really good about um, the way they wrote everything up and, uh, and the fact that they taste tested all the recipes and photographed them beautifully. So as usual in my life, it's meeting the right people at the right time. That's wonderful. And so... I know that uh, this earlier this year, uh, you decided to experiment with the plant as a gardener. And so can you tell us what you have learned uh, growing one, two plants that you have, and uh, perhaps some of the lessons and some of the ideas that you can share with us? What I've learned as a gardener helps me be a better gardener with, with all my plants in the garden, you know, kale, tomatoes, cucumbers, etc. It's about having a relationship. And um, I was just telling a friend yesterday, like, I felt like the cannabis plants would call me over. And um, at this point in the fall, when, when some of the leaves are starting to turn brown, intuitively, I was connecting with the plant and taking off some of the leaves that were starting to, to um, brown, you know, mm -hmm. like fall, they're, they're getting ready to fall. And then, and then the bud is there. And I just found like, oh, wow, if I had done that more, maybe with my kale plants, mm -hmm. um, spent an hour or two a day, Would the deer have eaten those? Because they would have known they were mine, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've learned more about growing kale as well with, uh, you know, organic um, and using marigolds around them so the deers are not bothering my kale now. But I realized that when you garden or when I'm gardening, I'm really gardening with a lot of nourishment, a lot of care, a lot of love, a lot of attention And, and with the cannabis plants, there's a reciprocal, like there's a connection there. And 
cannabis also is is a plant that you know brings people together so i really felt it you know bringing me over calling me over um asking me to stay hang out trim um I was like, oh my gosh, this is about a relationship. This is not just, okay, now I've got a row of this and a row of that and, you know, just making Mm -hmm. sure everything has water. Um, So I would say that as the summer went on and as fall changed, the relationship grew. In fact, I had a friend come over who made a flower essence from my plants and she sat there for a long time just picking up the energy of the plant, feeling like, yes, this plant is about social. It's mm-hmm. about um, second chakra, community. She just had all these beautiful things to say about it, which is part of you know the beauty and, and what happens with the plant. That's beautiful. Thank you. You mentioned that when you were taking leaves off and you found buds. So I want to ask you first question, like what uh, in cooking and in medicine, I guess, uh, what are some of the uh, parts that are being used, medicinal parts of the plant? Also, in addition to that, um, the plant has uh, uh, sexes, right, in, in this situation. So there are mm-hmm. male and female plants. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, when you're growing cannabis um, for health and pleasure, you definitely do not want to have any boy plants. Okay. Um, be, um, I've known people to pull those plants and juice them because it's full of antioxidants, all those greens. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're growing, um, you can take off the, the green leaves at certain points and cook with them. Mm-hmm. If the green leaves are starting to brown or yellow, those I wouldn't cook with. Those are kind of the plant's natural selection of like, okay, I don't need this, and you don't need this either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have made stews and chocolates and things using the leaf, and I've also used the dried buds. Okay. So I've used fresh and dried. Okay, great. Thank you. We have uh, talked a little bit before about some of the health benefits of cannabis, and I want to ask you a little bit about that. There are two natural compounds, the THC or tetrahydrocannabinol and the CBD, which is Mm. cannabidiol. Um, And so I know that in June of 2018, so earlier this year, the uh, Food and Drug Administration approved a medication Uh, the first prescription medication that contains CBD and it's used to uh, treat uh, difficult uh, to control forms of epilepsy. So I want to ask you a little bit about the THC and CBD. What are some of the um, effects that are typically that these two compounds are used for? Um, And if it's the same idea that uh, goes into cooking uh, with the plants? I was at a lecture with um, Dr. Deborah um, Kimless, who's an MD, who also advises people about using um, cannabis for healing, even Mm -hmm. healing cancer or like at the end stages of life, to use that to just sort of help people be more peaceful, more pain-free and um, a little bit more expansive so that Mm -hmm. they can also have more clarity. Like it's not a, it's not a drug that kind of knocks you out. Like some of the pharmaceuticals where you are not really yourself because you're just so medicated. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in this lecture, I remember her saying, you know, it didn't matter whether it was CBD or THC, uh, it would still help in terms of the medical uh, okay. health benefits. Okay. If I'm quoting her right. Okay. Thank you. So what I wanted to ask you uh, a lot more right now is your experience in cooking with cannabis. So mm-hmm. um, there are, uh, I know that uh, you can inhale, but you can also incorporate different parts of the plant. You mentioned uh, just a couple of minutes ago that you use, plant, uh, that you use leaves to cook stews and to do uh, various other things. So First, how is it different from actually smoking and inhaling uh, to actually incorporate different parts of the plant into your cooking? And also, what, what do you believe some of the benefits of cooking with cannabis are? Well, we all know smoking is not good for us. That's kind of old news. So cooking with the plant is a nice way to ingest the plant. It's, it's a very different experience. I mean, for me, when I have eat one of my edibles, I like to eat it on an empty stomach. And then it still takes about an hour to come on. And the launch, is, as I like to call it, as others do as well, is very sweet. Like all of a sudden, it, you're just more expanded, you're more open, um, and, then, and then you're high, and you're higher, um, or I'm higher, um, for a few hours. Where When one smokes... It's generally you exhale and it creeps, as, as the saying goes. Um, it comes on sooner than mm-hmm. when you're ingesting it. Um, and I know some people, if they ingest too much, it, it can be too much. So, you know, there's pros and cons of both. Obviously, smoking for me, if I do smoke, Certain kinds, I just feel in the morning like a harshness in my lungs. And I'm like, I don't. I don't enjoy that feeling. Like, yes, I had fun last night, but when I um, have an edible or, or, or a drink that contains cannabis, it's a much more pleasurable, luscious experience from having something delicious and then um, having this beautiful, expansive experience. Okay, great. Thank you. So, so let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, edibles and what are some of the places where you can see incorporating cannabis and also what form do you usually use? How do you incorporate it seamlessly? Um, well, sometimes when I'm trimming the plants, um, I will use the beautiful green, I think they're called sugar leaves, and I will saute those in a stew so unlike, say, a fresh basil leaf or thyme or oregano, where you would add that at the end of cooking with cannabis leaves, I add that um, more in the beginning. Because when you're cooking, you want to apply that very gentle heat for about 20 minutes, and that releases its properties um, that we're all looking for. I don't, okay. know, I don't remember the term. I've used um, dry buds and grinded those into a powder, and and then I will cook those as well. I've also infused the fresh herbs and um, the leaf and the buds in an oil, but the oil is not um, active until there's some heat. Mm, Okay. So can you talk a little bit more about, like, what type of oil would you use? And is this the same idea for... um, 
you mentioned briefly salves and topicals. So how is this different between using this for cooking and perhaps using it for topical applications? Well, I have not seen any real difference. I mean, this um, spring when I hurt my toe, I happened to have some leftover cannabis virgin coconut oil that I had made. And I just put some on my toe. And it wasn't a CBD variety. And it wasn't even, and I think it was at least a year old. Um, and it instantly brought relief. I was like, oh, that would have been the same um, coconut cannabis oil that I would have used to fry something or to include in a chocolate making or, or other things that I would use to cook, to cook it. So I haven't noticed too much difference. I know there are different strands and some people are more delicate than others. And some people have different reactions to, um, to cannabis. So, um, but I'm, I'm just thinking of it as a chef. Okay. So when you're uh, saying that people have different reactions, um, what also goes through my mind is that there are different doses. And so can you talk about why um, someone may need a little bit more versus somebody else who needs a little bit less? And how, how do you actually gauge this? Um, many different ways. You know, I'm one of those chefs that likes to layer um, spices, you know, different flavors on top of the cannabis. So one way to know you've had enough is it doesn't taste, you know, like, ah, it doesn't taste good. But people always say, oh, what you made tastes so good. So um, you have to kind of know yourself and go, you know what, I'm not going to have seconds for an hour. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, and dosage, you know, I know there are all these different serving sizes. Um, the government does the same thing on food packages. And I don't really believe that um, it's across the board the same dosage. I mean, I, I personally am a lightweight. I mean, I'm, I'm, I eat really clean, organic food in season. Um, and I'm, and I love doing that. So, I mean, I can go to a party or I can go on vacation and I'm still seeking out, you know, all these healthy food choices. Um, for me, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to cheat because I'm, I can. So for me, a dosage is very small, you know, I'll be at a gathering and people will keep passing things around. And I know from experience that I can't keep up with the big kids. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it's not pretty for me Okay. <laughs> in some early trials. It doesn't work. Whereas I know people who are smaller than me, bigger than me, that it can have three, four times more than I can. And, and that's just about right for them. Um, I, I, I knew somebody who would say, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's the same with alcohol. Some people can hold it and some people can't. And I think we have to know um, what works best for us. And when we don't know, to be patient with ourselves and have a little bit. And then if you need more, as I've always discovered, there's always more. So one does not have to like gorge um, right. because, you know, maybe an hour will go by. 
and you'll feel like, oh, hmm, I'm not really feeling anything. Whereas the other day, I w- had some of my edibles and um, it was actually just some of the dried coconut that was around some of my Moroccan spice um, date and nut uh, balls. And um, it was a bunch of dried coconut that was bigger than one of the balls that I would have eaten when I made those balls, they were strong. So I would take like a quarter of one, but here was all the coconut and it tasted really good. And I wasn't really hungry. And in an hour and a half, it came on. So um, that was interesting for me. Like I know for myself, an hour, 45 minutes to an hour when I'm on an empty stomach, if I have an edible, but here was an hour and a half where I wasn't quite hungry. I had more than I usually do. And it took longer because I was um, not hungry. So there's so many variables, like maybe what time of day it is, how healthy you are. um, And, and, and I do, and, and it changes. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. You uh, alluded to uh, making different types of edibles. You mentioned different uh, uh, sweet desserts like nut bowls and things of that type. You talked about Mm -hmm. frying in different oils. And you also talk about the fact that it has to taste good. And I really love it because Mm -hmm. as, as a pharmacist, sometimes I think, oh, this is good for me. So therefore, maybe it doesn't taste that good, but I will still consume whatever, whatever it is that I'm trying to get in to my body but i love your approach when you mm-hmm. always talk about that whatever you're consuming has to be luscious has to be delicious <laughs> has to be really wonderful um can you talk a little bit more about kind of like categories of where you typically see cannabis uh, cannabis being added in the recipes so are there certain savory things are there certain sweets and is it usually the oils or is it other ways of incorporating it as well all of the above. <laughs> For me, it's, it's, it's all about the yum. Uh, as I said earlier, some people like to be actually enjoy the taste and the flavor of it. And that's one thing I always want it to taste so good. And then, but, but the cannabis is in there. So for instance, like I might make a preparation of making a virgin coconut oil. And then I might use that for different things. Like I might use that to make sweet potato fries, or I might use that in in a waffle recipe, or I might use the fresh leaves in a stew, as I mentioned. Um, So there are different ways of using it. And then always the final seasoning when I'm teaching any cooking class. um, I haven't taught a cannabis cooking class yet. Uh, people are asking, so we'll see. <laughs> um, is always taste it and see if you like it. Because yes, um, I'm never been a hold your nose and eat it because it's good for you. Um, every, every moment is precious and and can be luscious. So why not make it as tasty as can be? That's that's a great lesson. That's a great advice. So the book that was written, uh, the cannabis cookbook. Um, I know that there were other contributors, and so mm-hmm. um, what are some of the lessons that you uh, perhaps have learned from them? Maybe something that you have never tried and thought, "Ooh, this is really a great idea." 
Um, well, I'm one of, I don't know how many, maybe a couple of dozen chefs. It's the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook. And um, I've looked through the book and, and learned a lot. Um, um, for instance, I was making a butter and I thought, well, I would turn that right into a, um, a Moroccan spice date nut treat. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, but I'm thinking really creatively. Well, maybe instead of dates, I've got some dried organic pineapple. What would that be like? And once for me that I understand a recipe, and this is kind of as a self-taught chef anyway with over 40 years experience, I will look at a cookbook and go, oh, that's an interesting combination. And sometimes I'll try that combination and sometimes I'll be like, okay, I've got the basics, but I am I don't have pistachio nuts. I'm I'm gonna use almonds. And I'll take some liberties with mixing and matching and swapping. Mm. So for instance, the Majun balls in the book was a recipe from my friend um Chris Killam, who taught me a lot about cooking with cannabis. And I looked at that recipe and I, I didn't have some of the ingredients, and so I mixed and matched, and I tried as best I could to follow along with the amounts of cannabis to use. And um, even that varies, you know, from year to year. It's the same thing people are always asking me when I teach my Spice It Up cooking class that you came to, like, how long do herbs keep? And some herbs, you know, it depends, like, how much air is in the jar. Um, is this four years old? Well, yeah, then I would dump it. Um, uh, does it have any smell anymore? Um, you know, some, some herbs you want to keep for about six months, maybe a year cycle at most. And so I wonder, um, not being so, so scientific, you know, more as a chef, I'm going for flavor and I'm also going for, um, how I feel when I'm eating it. Um, before and after as well. So everything that goes into the pot, so to speak, you know, my mindfulness, my joy, all that goes into the creation of what I make. And that's part of the digestion experience, so to speak. Um, so I think it, it can vary. Like sometimes I'll make something and I'll say, you know what, that's very strong for me. I'm going to cut that in four when I have it and I can have four servings from that. And, um, and then I know with that particular batch, that's what works for me. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you. As you were talking, a couple of thoughts went through my mind. One of them is during your Spice It Up workshop, I remember that you were teaching us to make pesto. And you do not know how many times I have tried making pesto with all different types of greens uh, throughout the summer. And so in my mind, it, it cemented the fact that uh, ingredients do not necessarily need to be the same as they are in recipe uh, book or in recipe itself. And so when you become comfortable with a specific type of recipe, you start really playing with other ingredients. And so I wanted to thank you for the uh, initial uh, recipe, but also for uh, lessons that I have learned incorporating things that were not in the recipe whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you, you talked about the uh, recipe from Chris Killam and how you were exp- exploring the um, 
pineapples and various other dried fruit. And so the substitution, so that, that's also something that's uh, important. The other thought that went through my mind is I recently released an episode about the, the power of uh, flavors and tastes uh, with uh, Brittany uh, Wood Nickerson. And um, she has a formula that she uses. I know that you have some of the rules that you go by. So mm-hmm. one of her rules is that it's the sweet blend foods that you are adding the salt to accentuate the flavor of the sweetness and then uh, uh, to, to help with digestion. And then you're also adding some of the pungent and uh, bitter herbs and spices to help you once again with absorption, with digestion and processing of the food. So I wanted to ask if you have any kind of like rules with uh, <laughs> cooking with, uh, with cannabis always goes into oil first or whatever, whatever they might be. Some of the things that you really stick to when you are working with cannabis versus things that are a little bit more relaxed and it's like, oh, let, let's experiment with this. Mm-hmm. Many, many things come to mind with, with what you just said, um, answering them in no particular order. For me, when I'm making it, um, it um, I want to feel excited. You know, same thing if I'm going to make myself an omelet. Uh, mm-hmm. For instance, yesterday I was foraging in the woods with a dear friend and we found lion's mane wild mushroom. And it was so exciting. And when I came home, um, I didn't cook it up until later on when I really had the time to commune with it, so to speak. And mm-hmm. when I made that omelet and fried it up, it was just so delicious because I kind of get in a delicious state of mind. So if I'm making cannabis edibles, I never think, oh, I should. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people will say, you know what, I don't want to drink. And here's some cannabis. Would you make me some edibles? Mm-hmm. So I don't know the strength of their cannabis. So sometimes people will give me and they're like, this is really strong. And so I have to kind of like like when I'm growing plants, I have to have a relationship with it. And then once I have a relationship with it, it's sort of like, then I know, you know, like, like a person, I know they could take the joke. I, I know how sensitive they are. I know how strong they are. Um, and, that, and that really helps uh, a lot. You know, my rule, I suppose, if I have any, is make sure that you're in a joyful, happy place. And that if you are confused to to wait or if you don't have enough time to have the spaciousness around it then do it another time okay great you know and the other thought that had come to mind was you know cooking with the seasons having Mm -hmm. been a student of chinese medicine and the five elements um sometimes that plays into what i'm making and what's in season okay great thank you so much I have a couple of more questions for you. So one of them is, are there any resources, are there any people that, uh, any places that you would recommend someone who is starting to think about cooking with uh, cannabis that they should explore? You mentioned a uh, MD, you mentioned a physician that you listened to. Can can you tell us Mm -hmm. uh, one more time her name or perhaps any other resources? I am definitely going to include the... Uh, the book, the link to the uh, Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook. But if there is anything else, uh, that would be great. 
Yeah, let me, this is Dr. Deborah. I'm looking at the website now, Kimless, K-I-M-L-E-S-S. She's an MD and um, she actually, when I met her this past February, was feeling like you could email her with questions. She sincerely wanted to help. I think after I saw her, she might have been quite inundated, but she ended up using cannabis um, when her mom was dying and noticed how much it helped her mom pass mm-hmm. in terms of lessening the pain and just being more present and not being like drugged out of her mind. And the website is um, it's forward, F-O-R-W-A-R-D, G-R-O dot com. Okay. And I see that there are six people in the leadership role there. Okay. And, and um, so I would recommend that website for people to go on if they need more information or they're um, just curious uh, about that. And yes, the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook has been invaluable in, in my enjoyment of reading it and seeing what other chefs have done. And also, um, as I've always done, read cookbooks to learn more about different ways to cook. That's great. Thank you. And my last question is two questions. So one, where can someone learn more about you and from you? And then my second question is, do you have any parting thoughts or any pearls of wisdom that you want to share with our audience? Okay. Well, please have your audience come and visit my website, which is www.com lesliecarrier.com and that looks like leslieserrier.com it is l e s l i e c as in chef e r i e r.com so you. that's l e s l i e c e r i e r.com so they can come to my website learn more about me Um, I welcome emails. I welcome people coming like you did to come and study with me, stay at my Airbnb um, or my organic B&B, as I like to call it. It was um, a delightful experience. Yeah, I I really do love hosting people. I have a beautiful empty nest, as you know, and it's wonderful to have people come and and see what it's like to live a, a luscious, natural life. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And any parting uh, words of wisdom? Um, Always have fun. Um, Fun is delicious. Um, Love what you cook, whether you're cooking with cannabis or your local organic harvest. Um, If you're in an angry mood, don't cook. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And maybe just try little bites if you're doing uh, edibles and, and, and see your relationship to it. Um, I know for me, I really, really enjoy it, and it's um, it's been it's been fun, and I and I still learn every day. You know, cooking all different kinds of food, even the wild mushrooms. I, I there's so much to learn, and I'm very passionate about it. And so I hope people will be open to learning more and cook from their hearts. Leslie, thank you so much. It was delightful as always. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Leslie Carrier. You can find all the links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash 56. Please subscribe to the show to get the future episodes automatically downloaded to your device. When you have a moment, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could share some love by leaving a rating or review about the show wherever you download your podcasts. This is the best way to help others to learn about the Wellness Insider Network. It also helps to bring wonderful guests like Leslie to join us here. This episode is proudly brought to you by Tamim Teas. Tamim Teas is a local company specializing on creation of medicinal mushroom teas. Two of my current favorite blends are Lion Maitake Clarity and Rishi Delight. I use them to enhance cognition and for their effect on the immune system. Few episodes back, I interviewed Liat Racine, the creator of these beautiful teas about the science and art of mushroom blending. You can find the link to this episode in the show notes. To get 15% off your first online purchase, please enter the promo code Tamim for Health when you visit wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash Tamim before 2019. You can also get free shipping if you purchase two blends or more. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you. Mm-hmm.